be here this afternoon. I'm here with my wife, here Florence. Shalom. And uh, our friend, Narcine, uh, from France. Um, I'm originally from Togo, so I let Togolese here. <laughs> oh, yo, 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 yeah, I see them. <laughs> okay, my wife is from Cameroon. I let Cam people from Cameroon here. Oh, look at this. <laughs> okay, so the rest, you are all welcome. Eh? <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> okay, people, I, um, we work in youth information, we work with all kind of nationalities, so I feel at home as I see you. Uh, oh, but it's strange that um, most of the white people are here and most of the black people are here. No, it doesn't matter too much, but <laughs> I know we, I'm among believers, I'm among those who love God, and this is the most important thing. Um, I gave a lot of scriptures to read because um, I said I was just, I'm just going to preach two minutes. After they've read the scriptures, I'll say, okay, this is what I mean. So let's go. Let's do something else. But uh, that's just a, a joke. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> we, we're going to talk about God's holy dates. Dating is... Um, a word that is going everywhere now. So I say, yeah, let's use it. Why don't we call something from the Bible dates? In fact, they are even dates because as we read in the scriptures, it said appointed times. So that means on a specific date. So we can put as many meanings as we want to it, is, it will still mean the same thing. Whether it's date, like uh, 15 of October or 24th of April, it's date. But whether it's meeting with somebody that you love, it's also date, isn't it? So there is no something, there's nothing behind it. There's nothing uh, attached to it here. God's holy date. First, let, let, me, let me see this. I hope my thing is working. Okay. I have news for you. It's from the king of Holland. He said, you know, this, um, his birthday is coming on, when is that? Wednesday, okay. He said, everybody hearing this message right now should dress up as crazy as possible. And walk from wherever he is to The Hague next Wednesday. And this is serious stuff. He told me to tell you that everybody hearing this must just do something crazy, but go to Den Haag. Because it's going to be a very awesome day. Yeah, you, you feel like um, you don't believe me. What, what is happening? <laughs> anyway, that's breaking news. <laughs> but... We all, at least some of us, we're waiting for the, the day, the, the Wednesday, to, even if we're not crazy, we just want to have fun on that day, isn't it? Because it's a big celebration. It's a date. Very important in, uh, in Dutch history, Dutch culture, and we all go crazy. You know, you will not see Dutch people dance too much in church. But when it comes to Koningine Dach or Koningsdag now, 
or football match, you see them shouting and jumping, and they come together. It is not a, a, something against Dutch people, but that's what I just noticed after living here for 11 years. <laughs> but it's amazing to see them going crazy, going banana, like Americans will say, on those days. There's something in celebrations. And I don't know if you ever thought, it, it ever dawned on you that God also gave us festivals, celebration, for a purpose, for a reason. You know, I don't know if you like parties or you like celebration, but it doesn't matter too much. I like when I see people dressed very neatly, very bling bling sometimes, because I like nice, nice dress. But I, there are people who like the food at parties. There are people who like the uh, chatting, uh, talking with other people in the parties. So somehow we like something about parties, even though we don't like the perversion that is out uh, there in other parties. We, we don't like that. This is, how, this is not the way God meant it to be. But we like parties. We like celebrations. I'm going to help us this afternoon to understand the purpose, the significance of God's festival. Something that we, in the church, we've forgotten. And we've taken up many other things. Even we even replace names of those festivals. What if I tell you that um, there's no such a thing in the Bible as Easter? There's nothing. You, you cannot find Easter in the Bible. At least the word Easter, you'll not find it in the Bible. What if I tell you that Christmas is a myth? Ooh, I'm walking on your toes maybe. <laughs> but we'll come down to it. As believers, I, be, I think that we should not just believe everything that is said or people told, tell us. We should at least check it with the Bible. Our lives, our conduct, our ethics should be based on what the Bible says. That's why I say, let's talk about holy dates in the Bible. You know, the enemy is trying, has tried, and will continue to try to wipe out everything that is godly on earth. And that's what he's doing also with the festivals that God has given us. Things that God has given us to enjoy, to rejoice, to worship him. He tried to just pervert them so that people will say, away with all festivals. Away with all parties. Away with all, all kind of celebration. God has given us holy dates, holy days, if I were to call them like that, even just for a purpose, for reasons that we're going to see. So please come with me. And I'll show you in the minutes to come. I'll not take long, I'll not take your time that long, but I'll show you in the minutes to come the significance of God's holy days. No, I just say holy days. No, holy dates. Let me come back to it. Holy dates, I'm saying. <laughs> and how God revealed his um, redemptive plan through Israel, through Jesus and he's doing it through the church also today. It's so important that we know 
things about God's festivals. Okay. Maybe you see something here. I think people are having party, you know? It's gezellig, uh, eh? It's somewhere in Africa, I guess. I, I would like you to guess. Oh, where, where is this one? Asia? Nigeria. Yeah, that can be. Yeah. They're celebrating something. Oh, yeah. Okay. Where is this? China? Indonesia. Yeah, that's true. That's a day. <laughs> wow, celebration, eh? Oh, where is this? China? Yes, China. You know, every nation, every people. Where is this? Indonesia. Yeah, they recognize it. <laughs> every nation, every people, they have their own celebration. God has given festival celebration to his people, and we Christians, we should learn also from that. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, and say to them, The feast of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy, convocation, these are my feasts. Uh, feasts. Uh, feasts. Uh, Viking, eh? It's not Viking. Eh? <laughs> feasts. <laughs> it's feasts. God said, these are my feasts. Okay. I got it wrong again. <laughs> no, anyway. <laughs> Those are feasts of God. God said, this is mine. That means it's something that his people need to follow, need to observe from generation to generation. It's not something that people have made up themselves. They gather and say, okay, let, let's make some nice celebration. But God said, no, these are mine, and you should observe them from generation to generation. In Leviticus chapter 23, let me give you a background a little bit. That's why you see all the feasts. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I make a joke, and then it's becoming... <laughs> they all, let's say celebration in, instead. <laughs> The celebrations, God gave them seven celebrations, festivals. And if we want, even we can put the Sabbath on it, that would be eight. But mainly seven festivals that God appointed to the Israelites. And you find this really, really listed in Leviticus. And God gave even details how they should observe those festivals. The day, specific date. And when we come to it, you'll see specific date. And they have to even count on some instances. They count seven weeks. And you have to do it specific dates. And we can even see, uh, this is a homework I'm giving you. I cannot say everything that I know about this right now. But if you go home, try to read in Leviticus 23. You, you will see that even... It, is, it becomes not just a calendar for Israel, it becomes a holy, sacred calendar. Not just for Israel, but everybody who will believe in God. I don't want to take you very far in that. But let me tell you this. Let, let go, let's come back to the feasts, uh, festivals quickly. <laughs> the first one after Sabbath is the Passover. 
in Hebrew called Pesach. And it will be on the 14th of the first month. God say this should be the first of your months, meaning the first of your years. If you count a year, then this month, Nisan in Hebrew will be the first. And on the 14th, you have to do this. Today, we call this Easter. Where does that come from, or did that come from? Easter, Easter is a god, a goddess of fertility, a pagan goddess of fertility. And even the objects we use during this feast, like a rabbit, like eggs, are objects of fertility. And they, are nothing, they have nothing to do with Pesach of, or Passover. Passover is when the lamb, God told the Israelites, you will kill a lamb and you will put the blood on your doorpost so that the destroyer will not come and kill you. That night, many uh, of the children, all of the children, firstborn of Egyptians, they died and the Israelites were saved and they could go out of Egypt safely. That's why he gave them that feast. The next day, the second feast, the feast of unleavened bread. Without going too much into details, unleavened bread is just the bread that has no leaven, has no yeast. Yeast is the thing that raises the bread. And yeast or leaven is considered a sin. And the symbolism is, is sin. So God told them, you eat that bread for seven days. And then that's the feast. In fact, um, they were going out of Egypt, and they don't have time to even cook. So this is the only thing they were going to eat. It becomes a celebration, a festival that they need to uh, observe every year till the end of the year, uh, till the end of, uh, of the earth. Sorry. So... It was in the 15, 14, Passover 15, unleavened bread and 16. The first fruit. This is the day they were going out of Egypt. And God said, you need to celebrate it. You need to come before me with the first fruit, the first of the first things. And those, you know, the, the first uh, Passover, unleavened bread and first fruit. You have to celebrate them. If you read, I, I'm not going to read because of, of the time. I, I want to go to my point quickly. But this is God. Uh, he called it, uh, God called it the holy convocation where people will come when they will remember what God has done. And most of them, uh, all, even those three days, they are not going to work. For they are living bread the first day, they don't work. And the last day, they don't work. They have to take rest. The second, the following one, the Feast of Weeks. So the Passover, the unleavened bread, the first fruit, they were out of Egypt. From that day, they will count seven weeks. And after, right after the seven weeks, the day after is the Feast of Weeks. They call it later on the Feast of Harvest. And it was called the Feast 
of our Pentecost later on, what we're going to have in a few days. This is the story. On that day, God gave Moses the law after they counted seven weeks. That's when Moses went on the mountain and he got the law for Israel. And what God was doing is he is creating a new people, a new people group, a new nation. So he gave them their constitution, their law, the law that's going to lead them forever. Isn't it interesting that on the same day, the Holy Spirit promised by Jesus was sent? On the same day. I'll come back shortly on it. Pause. You've heard a lot of information, so you can take a little bit break now. <laughs> no, this is the thing. God led Israel out of Egypt on, on the first of the month, which is our April, March, April. He said on the 14th, you need to celebrate Passover. The 15th, unleavened bread. The 16th is the first fruit. So they walk in the desert for 49 days, seven weeks. And the 50th day, he gave them the law, what we can call today the Torah or whatsoever you call it. But he gave them the law. How they're going to lead themselves from that day on. Moses went 40 days in, on the mountain of Sinai. What we notice is this. Jesus was arrested on the Passover. You know that he uh, observed the Passover, the last Passover. He went with his disciples and ate the Passover. He was arrested. On the day of unleavened bread, he was crucified. Uh, it's not perfectly that way, but on the, those three days uh, following the Passover, Jesus was crucified and resurrected. And we can probably see in these three things the suffering of Jesus, uh, or the, the arrest, arrest of Jesus, the suffering of Jesus, his crucifixion, his death, his burial, but also his resurrection in the first fruit. And the first fruit, what they do is they will wave, they will take the first fruit and they wave it, just to say, this is to God, we're giving this to God. And Jesus was presented to God during his resurrection. Listen to this. Interesting. He promised the Holy Spirit. And exactly the 50th day after seven weeks, the Holy Spirit came. The Holy Spirit came. It's just a mere coincidence. It's just something that maybe... No, I don't think so. We should not take those things like mere coincidence. It's not for granted. God has appointed days and he is fulfilling them. He has appointed times and he's fulfilling them. And he wants to meet with his people on those days. It's a meeting. It's a dating with his people. That's why he will tell, he will tell them, you're not going to work that day. 
You're going to leave everything aside and you're going to take rest. You're going to focus on me and you're going to sacrifice things to me. You're going to worship me. Okay, our pose is finished. It's seven. I told you seven. So I just finished four. We have three other festivals. I'm not going to, I'm just going to mention them quick to make my point. We have the Feast of the Trumpets. It's the first feast that there's no specific reason. He, he said, just come and blow the trumpet. And those who are in the field, let them come home and start worshiping. The Feast of, uh, the Day of Atonement is the, the next one. This, the Feast of uh, Trumpets is the first of the seventh month. And the Day of Atonement will be on the 10th on the of the, that month. The month is September, October of our month. And then the last feast will be the Feast of Tabernacle. The Feast of Tabernacle is just to remember uh, what God has done to them when they were in, in a desert, in Tabernacle. But the question is, Jesus was on the last four feasts, the spring feasts, the Passover and living bread, the first fruit, and the feast of weeks. Where Jesus is going to be in the coming feast? Are we in the time between the feast of weeks and the feast of trumpets? That's a question I want to leave you with. It's not my focus. My focus is dating, holy dating. On the Passover, unleavened bread, first fruit, Pentecost, God wants to meet his people. What do we do with those feats? What do we do with these festivals? Because on the Passover, Jesus became our Passover. The Passover was crucified. He, he was crucified. Our Passover was crucified, as Paul, Paul told us. The fruit of unleavened bread, the, 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 the feast of unleavened bread, the Christ, his sinless body suffered so that we will not suffer anymore, so that we can walk in sanctification. The first fruit, Jesus became our first fruit, is presented to God for us. And the Pentecost. Lord, when the day appointed has come, they were all together and the Holy Spirit came upon them. I don't know if you see this like just again like a coincidence. But God has appointed time when he wants to meet his people. And this should be taken serious by those who believe in God. But those who believe in Jesus today. And when I come back to the Passover, why do we call Passover Easter? 
And why do we buy eggs or rabbits? Instead of really understanding the meaning of Passover, Jesus, our Passover, was crucified and focus on him. We'll be able, we are going to miss the dead. We're going to miss the, the, the dead thing with God if our focus is just on rabbits and on eggs. That's what I said. The enemy tried to wipe out everything that's godly, even in the church. That's why even when we meet in, in the church, we have celebration like this, the focus is shifted. Instead of coming to worship God really, really deeply, instead of coming to get to know each other, encourage each other, instead of coming and remembering what God has done and be grateful and worship him, celebrate him, our focus can be all, all kind of other things. Each, every person comes with a focus of, I want to show that I can dress very good. I want to show that I can sing very good. I want to show that I have this and that. Our focus is shifted. And that's the enemy is using just to wipe out the meaning of the great, great things that God has given us. Why do we meet like this? Do we meet because we know that Christ, our Passover, was crucified? Do we meet because we know that in, in the Spirit, he has made us one? Do we meet because we know that we all believe in Jesus? We have differences, but we all believe in Jesus. Or we meet because we want to discuss doctrines, we want to discuss other... No, why do we meet? This is the enemy trying to divert us, trying to really, really distract us from the right goal, from, from the right purpose. Why God has given us festival like this one. What we learn, we can learn from these three things. All the festivals have are holy convocations. Holy mean holy. There's nothing less or more than that. That's what I call holy dating. Holy convocation is even if you're doing anything, you have to stop and come. Jesus has gone to all those feasts. And wherever you live, I don't know if you've been to Israel, wherever you live, you have to go to Jerusalem to observe the festivals. But when the temple was uh, destroyed in, in, in 70 in of our era, then they made another um, change uh, to, to it. They decided not to come to the temple because the temple was not there anymore. But before that, they have all have to go to Jerusalem. It's a big sacrifice. And one thing, one other thing is to rest and to rejoice. That's why he said, you don't do any work. You just need to celebrate. You just need to rejoice. The third thing is sacrifice. Sacrifices just mean the worship, our worship towards to, to God. And say, God, we're thankful for what you've done in our lives. We're thankful for Jesus, we can say today. So how do, should we party today? How can we make our meetings like this holy dates? How can we really, really 
fear God and really obey him, walk like he wants us to walk when we come to meet like this. First thing I believe is to worship God, surrender to him and honor him with everything that we are, with everything that we have. That's what God is calling holy convocation. That's the first thing. Doesn't matter who you are, if you can sing like the worship leader was saying, you can sing good or not, worship God in spirit and in truth. That's the first and main thing. The second thing is to remember the things that God has done in our lives, in your lives. We have testimonies in our lives. To remember those things, encourage each other with it. Somebody suffering, somebody is discouraged, encourage each other in it. Support each other. We are from different churches, different denominations, and we have differences. But let's strengthen what is very, very important. Everybody will need encouragement. Everybody needs support in something. And we need to also be open to receive support. Because sometimes we can be proud of what we're doing. We are the best, and we don't need anybody else. But we need to learn humility and receive support. Encourage each other as we meet together like this. And the third thing, also very important, is to we get together to build relationship with God and to, get, to, to build relationship with each other. The only one thing that will stay when every, everything will be gone is our relationship with God. And it's the love that we've given to God, the love that we've given to each other. So, Maybe you don't know, it's a surprise. You are on a holy date. You are on a holy date with God today. God wants to meet up with each one of you. God wants to meet each pastor, each usher, musician, everybody. Each, it doesn't matter who you are, God wants to, to meet you as you come together. God wants to meet you. And he wants to meet you through somebody else. Somebody beside you that you don't know. Who has a different face. Who has a different color. Maybe it's gray hair. God wants to meet you through that person this afternoon. So again, you are on a holy date. But don't forget that God has appointed time also to meet with you. And take also those things very seriously. You know, my personal faith, I don't believe we have to follow all those feasts, uh, feasts or festivals that God has given. But knowing the meaning and the significance really, really enhance our faith. Grows up my faith when I understood that, oh, God has appointed. He even said a date perfectly, exactly the date. Brothers and sisters, that's the word I have for you this afternoon. You are on a holy date. And my prayer is that this date will continue, that every year you come together, worship God, surrender yourself to him, rest, rejoice, celebrate, have fun, but also build your relationship with God with each other. May God bless you.